Welcome to today's episode of the Speak to the Rock podcast with Chuck and Chris. Welcome to today's episode of Speak to the Rock podcast with Chuck and Christy. I'm very, very happy and excited to have a special guest in our uh, episode today, uh, in our podcast today. This is Pastor Zarlata from uh, Encounter Grace Church in Lubbock, Texas. And uh, Pastor Zar, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank and, you. And uh, there's a lot, lot of topics. I just want to say it for the record before we had record this episode, we have a really long conversation today uh, about a lot of things that the Lord has been speaking to him, speaking to us. And and I think those things, they need to be uh, speak up to our audience. So um, first of all, I just want to introduce a little bit more you. You are being a pastor for how many years now? Well, we've been pastoring for probably since, oh, I don't know, almost 30 years. Probably. 30 years. On and man. off, you know. Uh, but yeah, probably in ministry for about 30 years. Already. Yeah. And we always enjoy coming to the church. This is uh, part of our church family here in Texas in the U.S. And, you know, seeing your kids and watching your kids serve the Lord. Um, they were, uh, I mean, their kids that participate in their worship team, youth, youth uh, group, and a lot of things. So that's always encouraging for us to see that people, that their kids uh, serve the Lord. And I know there's, there's a lot of things involved in that, and we can talk about that some of that today. But uh, I know you're a big Texas Tech fan. Uh, <laughs> Go that, Red Raiders. That's part of your description. And, you know, <laughs> I know you and Pastor Suki, uh, that you love the Lord, and you you really are an example to us. So I just want to um, give you the time and to share some of the things that the Lord has been sharing to you lately, especially during, for, for this season. What do you feel the Lord is sharing or wants to share to the to young people to the church today, Pastor Sar. Wow, well, that's a that's a <laughs> that's a question that's loaded there because I there's so much to talk about. But uh, I think uh, I think we see an urgency uh, an urgency to as as the generation that we are today, and I'm talking us uh, from the uh, baby boomers to the generations on down. We can see that we're living in a in a in a time of crisis right now, and all around the world we see what's going on. I mean, if you're not if you're not watching the news or reading the newspaper or reading something online, uh, it's almost like everything is culminating. It's coming together, and we see the need that the end times uh, is uh, rapidly approaching, and so. We also see a need of what are we going to do as as a church, as believers? What is God calling us to do so that we will not miss uh, raising this next generation that's coming? Yeah. What 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 is God telling us that we need to do? Uh, because I think that the church and we talked about it has been preoccupied for for such a long time. And I think God's calling us, uh, God's calling us to real, genuine revival. And, so what, yeah. what, let me ask you this, because we talk about revival in this podcast. That's one of the topics that we like to talk about. And I know everybody has a different opinion or a different, well, I don't think it's an opinion, but it's 
quality revival looks like. And I know in your personal testimony, and we spend hours here at your table talking about the stories and your stories of how you have an encounter with God and all those things. But, you know, what, what is for you, what, is, what are the results of revival? You talked about that earlier within our personal conversation. What do you, what do you see revival? How do you, what does revival look like? Well, revival, you know, is looked at by many people different ways. And I think that it's kind of like the church. We talked about, you know, Jesus, the church, the church was, was designed and founded by Jesus himself. You know, even before the Holy Spirit came upon and empowered the church, Jesus was making comments such as saying, uh, this is my church and not even the gates of hell shall prevail against it. So, so, so to say, uh, what is revival is may, may come through many different opinions, but according to God's word, uh, revival can only happen when repentance is in the, is in play because Scripture tells us that times of refreshing is going to be is going to be repentance. Re- only repentance will be will bring times of refreshing. Some of the great revivals that we have seen or heard of in the in the past, like for one for example, one is the one that happened in Pensacola, Florida. It all started by people repenting from their sins. It wasn't. I don't think it was a big flashy uh, type revival that sometimes we have in mind today we think that revival has to have you know lights and like we were talking you know it i don't think that 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 necessarily to me is is what what the bible wants us but i think it's repented hearts and it's people turning away from their sin seeing an actual move of god in people through the everyday lives of spreading this gospel uh and People sharing, excited to share about Jesus, their faith, sharing Jesus, uh, students in universities, sharing Jesus with one another, sharing, not just sharing an empty message either, but being a, an, a true witness. And a true witness of Christ is not just someone that shares something, but it's someone that lives uh, and shows it with both their their mouth and they're showing it also with their life as a witness that Jesus Christ is our Savior. And you shared something with me earlier that I really, really like. And I think that's something that is going to bless a lot of people. You say that the church needs to go back to its purpose. The, you, nowadays, we see the church has lost its purpose in many ways. Absolutely. And, and so we need to go back. And I know you share some of the things that the church needs to go back and uh, and I know you preached that on Sunday at your church, so yeah. you might want to go to his <laughs> website and look the whole message. But I yeah. just want you to share some of the things that you were sharing on Sunday because I think those things are things that we all need to to hear. You know, yeah. it's it, when the Holy Spirit came on the upper room, yes. it came with a purpose. Did Absolutely. You, so what 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 was your what was God speaking to you through that? Through okay. That? So so I think as a and and you know I can talk about Pentecostal people because I've been a Pentecostal almost my entire life as far as in Christianity. I've been involved in in all kinds of Pentecostal, spiritual, uh, fivefold ministry, nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, on and on and on. So through all the years of me experiencing the Spirit of God in church, I think that I have seen uh, the purpose and the mission of the church uh, downgraded 
uh, because of the fact that I think that the Pentecostal movement has has we focused more on the speaking in tongues and the uh, all these other things that 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 go along with all that. I think we focused on that too much, and we have forgot that what happened that day was was yes, there was tongues of of you know they were speaking in tongues but if we read that closely the tongues that were being spoken that moment that God gave them utterance to speak was languages that were being spoken so that all the nations that were gathered there because remember the bible says there was people from even from mesopotamia there was people from that were from all different languages that could not understand the language of the jews so so what happens? And I think that's an important part, an important, very important part that is missed by even I'm not just Pentecostal churches, but I think it's missed by the church in general, because the purpose that God gave the birth of the church, he gave the purpose, he gave us purpose, he gave us a mission, and he empowered us for that purpose. Yep. At that moment, we were empowered as the church to do what? And in today's world, you know, we think that God empowered us to build buildings. So everybody's out trying to build the biggest church that they can build, you know, and, and they're calling that. Everybody thinks that the bigger church, the bigger building I have, uh, that's, that's, that's God's calling in my life to build a big building. Well, if you go on and understand that God didn't even call us to build buildings, he called us to build people. Exactly. Matter of fact, the first calling of the church and the first identification of Christians is not is 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 not assemblies of God or Baptists or or a denomination, but we are to be witnesses. Exactly. And he says that he empowered us to be a witness. Yep. Think about it. A witness that has two jobs and one is to speak and the other job is to uh one is to speak and one is to live. And so to share a message, and that message is that Jesus Christ, because if you think about it, the languages that were being spoken at that moment, uh, when the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes upon them, the, the, the Bible says that they're speaking. Now, it doesn't say what they spoke. It doesn't say what they were literally saying, but it had to have been something that was glorifying Jesus Christ. They had to have been speaking a message. And I, and I believe that because... Because if God empowered the church to to speak that message, which is the gospel, and think about it, it's it's laid out so awesome because he says all the they were speaking in tongues and everyone, all that were there were were hearing and understood what they said. So so what more does the church need to realize that that is the purpose of the church? The purpose of the church was never to, like, again, I'll, I'll reiterate what I said. It it was never to build the biggest building that we can build. Uh, it was never to do some of the things that we're being preoccupied doing today. And so so I, I feel that, that that is the purpose that we've missed. And the church, you know, the reaching the lost, the lost, you know, we have so much work to do here in America. I know you guys travel all over the world, but here in America alone, there's a mission field that 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 is so vast and so great right now uh, that I don't I don't know what we're gonna do if we don't re re uh, visit 
the purpose and the mission of the church. I know you grew up like you've been in church for over 30 years. And I know since the beginning, you uh, have supernatural encounters. You told us a lot about those. You've seen people getting healed, people. And you might tell us a couple of those uh, stories. But when, when talking about the purpose of the church, you say something to me earlier. We, the reason why we are in the situation like where we are right now, and, and we talk about young people, and you know some young people are listening to us in this podcast, and you might be disappointed with church, you might be disappointed with like uh, organized religion, we call it, or st structural. And then the reason you told me earlier is because the church stopped uh, doing discipleship, and the, the church stopped doing a lot of the things that the Bible talks about, you know, and, and, and it became more like, a social club in a lot of places. He became more like a membership in a lot of places. And I'm not, I mean, I know, they know there's, there's truth. There's, there's something that is truth. Not because there's a lot of things that are fake. Doesn't mean that there's, there's no truth. There's true. There's churches that, and there's pastors that love the Lord. But when you talk about those things, how can we come back to that point? I mean, I know repentance is the first step. I know you talk about that earlier. Repenting, you know, you want to go back, repent. But then, as a pastor, you you as a pastor, how can you help people go to that purpose? How, 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 what do you do? What do you talk about discipleship? What what, do you, what is in your mind when you talk about discipleship? I think uh, I think you're absolutely right. For for so many years, the church has missed the purpose, and I'll tell you why we missed the purpose as churches because we're we're too busy trying to get members and not disciples, and that's and that and the, and one of the reasons is because of the system that we think of that we have to have. And that is, you know, sometimes people need to be needed. You know, you know, a great leader, uh, if you're going to be a great leader, you, you're, you're going to make leaders. And to be a great leader, if you're going to make leaders, at some point, you, you have to understand you're not needed. You want to make yourself not needed. That's, to me, that's a great leader. To make great leaders is to make disciples. And that means that, that you don't have to be uh, you don't have to be the man. You don't have to be. So we have a mentality here in America right now that everybody, you know, sometimes everybody wants to be the man. Everybody wants to be, you know, I, you know, I want to have a title and I want to be, uh, you know, I, I, everybody wants to be the person, the, 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 the superstar. But, but in actuality, Jesus teaches us that if we, if we, you know, lose, if we lose our life, we'll find it. Yeah. And, and that's a big statement because in, in discipleship, uh, you know, we, we, that's, that's where our mentality is going to have to come is we're going to have to not want the spotlight and we're going to have to not, not be so selfish that we want my ministry to grow. We're going to have to unselfish ourselves and, and begin to say, I, you know, I want to be able to share what I have with you. You know, the Bible says that that in the book of Acts, when the church began to grow and after the Holy Spirit had come upon them and 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 then the church, the church was purposed, the church was empowered for a purpose. And then it says that they were all in one accord and they began to meet together and break bread. And then all of a sudden people began to come to the Lord. But think about it. It said that that they were bringing all they wanted is they wanted people to, to hear the message. So what were they doing? They were bringing their, their money. They were bringing their, their belongings and they were giving it to the church and saying, uh, you know, I want to, I'm, I'm unselfish. I, I just want to be a part of this. What do I do? Where do I fit in? Because I know that there's an urgency to, for someone to hear 
the message and that message is 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 that Jesus Christ had had has come and he is our savior and that was the gospel that's the gospel it's so simple yep. and and i think one more thing that that we need to do is we need to simplify the message again because i think that we've complicated the message so much that that people think they have to you know jump through hoops to become christians and they have to they have to do this and they have to do that and they need a credit check and they need this and they need that and there's people running away from the gospel because because it's it's been so complicated yes. and and people think that you know i don't want to be a christian because it takes so much to be a christian well it does it all it takes is for you to have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and believe that he is who he says he is. And, and that will in turn make you believe that he has the power to forgive your sins. And once that has happened and you, and, and, and then, and then he empowers you to keep that message going. You know, the other day, my wife was sharing with me that she was in line and they were, uh, she experienced, I don't know if anybody's ever experienced the, the pass it on type blessing, you know, that you go, you drive up and, yep. and, and then someone says the, the, they say, well, somebody paid for your, for your meal. And then she said, uh, uh, she said, well, I'm going to pay for the other one. And, and sometimes that goes on for a long time yep. Yep. and it just, it's called the pass it on blessing. I'm going to pass it on to, and I think that that's unselfishness. And that's the the mentality that the church needs to have right now. And we're so separated, uh, Brother Chuck. The churches are so separated right now. We're so divided. Pastors are so divided. Churches, denominations are so divided. It's ugly. It's We're in an ugly situation right now. And it's an ugly time because right now, God, it's not that he needs us, but he is calling his people, just like he did at the beginning, he 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 empowered us to spread a message of hope, and uh, and and we're gonna have to be unselfish. We're gonna have to release that that uh, me, and I'm trying to do this for me, and understand there's a lost world out there, and these generations upcoming, generation, you know the uh, what what is his generation Z, generation Z, and what the one before that X, generation X, all these. All these generations, if we don't get it right and we don't start doing something about the empowerment of that message, uh, we're going to be we're going to just be a bunch of drama queens and and I call them spiritual divas. And we're just going to be a bunch of spiritual divas running around, you know, trying to tell people how how spiritual we are. And God is going to say, say, but you you've missed the whole point of my I empowered you to say something with with your lips, and I empowered you to say something with your life. I think I think you got it on point because the church needs to go back to their purpose. We as Christians, because when, when you say the church, I mean, most people will be say, well, the pastor, the leaders. No, it's us. We are the church. We are the people. You say something really important. It, 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 when when the Holy Spirit came upon them in Pentecost, and you hear that, and you read that on, in Acts chapter 3 and 4, there was... There was a generosity coming. There was, like you were saying, you mentioned that how people would bring their money 
the only way you can get to that point is when you have an incarnate God. Because we live now in a selfish society. Everybody's trying to make money. I want to make more money than anybody else. And I know, and I, I need to say this, you're a successful businessman here in the community of Lubbock. And you're not saying it this because we'll say, well, he's a pastor. No, yeah, you're a pastor, but you're a successful businessman. And I know you are a generous person. You put a lot of money into ministry because you realize what is the most important thing. The most important thing is to people to receive the love of Jesus. And you, I, I just want to quote something you said to me earlier. You said that you need to, we need to go back to the fruits of the Spirit. And the most important fruit of the Spirit, in, in your perspective, not the most important, but the most visible is love. That's right. Because God is love. So when you talk about division, when we talk about those things, we bring to repentance. We need to love each other, Pastor. There's no other way. God is love. So if you yeah. want to encourage young people, you want yeah. to encourage them to love each other. Yeah, I think, uh, and I think that that's, uh, that's going to be a very visible fruit that the first, I think that's the most powerful, overwhelming sensation that you get when you, when you give your life to Christ. And that is that all these young people, even today, people, I mean, we deal a lot with drug addiction, drug addicted people, ex drug addicted people. And we'll ask them sometimes during some of the conversations that I've had with them, counseling sessions we've had with them, you know, they're, everybody's looking for, for something. And I, and I think that everyone's looking for love. We got young people today that are looking there. That's why they, you know, that's why you go here, you go there, you search here, you search there. Uh, there's people, young people going to college that they're, they think that they're, that their fulfillment in life is going to be a degree hanging on the wall, which I think that kudos to all the, the young people that go to college and get a degree. I think that's, that's, that's phenomenal. That's awesome. But I'm here to tell you, even if you get an education, you get a degree, you can go to Harvard and still go straight to hell. And why? And the Bible says, what do the prophet of man if he gains the whole entire world? And yet he loses his soul. So yes, you know, I, I, I do believe that love is, is the most awesome thing that, that, that overwhelms and we need more of it. And I think we need the genuine love of God for each other to love one another, to love humanity, to love people, to love each other, to love churches, to love your neighbor. I mean, just, uh, I've always said this and, and, and I don't know how true it is going to be, but I feel in my heart that the next revival that I'm looking for is not necessarily a revival of miracles of, of hands growing out and, and limbs growing out. But I know God can do that. I know he can. Matter of fact, I've seen a lot of spiritual things in the spirit, but, but I'm looking for a revival of love. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for, when love can overwhelm us so much that that love itself because god is love and if and if we can manifest that love with one another if we can love the lost with all our hearts it's going to be amazing and we're going to see we're going to be able to see what god has always wanted us to see and that is to go forth and uh and to speak a message uh like i've been telling you you know uh, I've been I've been floored when God gave me this message about Pentecost. You know, I, I I wanted to share that because I myself have been a Pentecostal for many years, and I know a lot of times we reference that particular scripture, and all we want to talk about is the speaking in tongues. You know, but the we gifts. don't. But we forget <laughs> that God empowered us to take a message, to be a disciple, 
And that is, he's given us a responsibility to tell people how good God is. Actually, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, it says, you shall receive power. And you should be my witness. And we were talking about earlier yeah. that word witness in the in the original Greek is martus, which yeah. means martyr. So it's, it's basically saying, I'm gonna empower you to be a witness, to be to to give up your life. That's basically what that word is. Give up your life yeah. every day. Now it, it might be and it happened to some people that they're actually giving out their lives physically, like you know, they're like persecuted yes. church. Yes. But for, for most of the people, especially in America, and it, it, may, it might happen. I don't know. But I'm saying is, you give up your life, Jesus said, to take your cross every day. You every humble day. yourself. You yeah. say something really powerful. We need to humble ourselves. If we need to learn something right now as, as Christians and followers and disciples of Christ, we need to follow the example of Jesus that he humbled himself and became servant. A servant. So mm-hmm. titles, they don't matter as much as being a servant. So uh, thank you so much, Pastor Star, for this episode. And uh, I really appreciate uh, your love. I appreciate your friendship. And I know uh, I want to ask you more questions in the next next episode about your family and uh, your testimony. So I just want to grab this episode and thanking everybody for listening to today's podcast. And thank you, Pastor Star. Thank you. God bless.